Welcome everyone to episode number 57 here on the Proven Knowledge Podcast. This is the Creator Series. Today I welcomed a Houston, Texas native. She's a singer-songwriter. She's also a very talented businesswoman. Her name is Brianna McColl. Uh, I discovered Brianna through her EP called Naked that she dropped at the top of the year. Uh, I reached out to her about working together on music, and obviously we haven't done anything yet, but hopefully we'll be doing that very soon. Uh, She actually mentioned in this episode how she's working on a jazz project, which I'm actually beginning to at least develop the idea for a jazz project of my own uh, that'll be in the works, so I'd like to get her involved in that eventually. But overall, in this episode, we talked a lot about uh, finances, really, as far as like being able to balance your financial life with your music and how you can take your experiences and, you know, even if you just have a normal day job, you can take the experiences of that and apply it to, you know, your entrepreneurship as an artist because a lot of artists tend to overlook the fact that they need a real plan as far as, you know, budgeting. Budgeting is a huge thing every month. Trying to figure out if you if you're releasing music, if you're spending on ad campaigns and things like that, um, you know, it can like I said, it can be overlooked by a lot of people, especially when they first start out. So I thought that was very important, and we haven't talked a lot about that uh, so far in the podcast. So I was happy that she shared that. Um, we also talked a little bit about her influences. Um, uh, Robert Glasper, who I'm a big fan of, was one of her big influences. So I thought that was very cool. Uh, I'm really just impressed with Brianna's whole attitude toward really her life in general and how she's just bossing up and taking matters into her own hands and you know she really I can tell she has a giving mentality and a really honest mentality as far as how she views uh, not just the industry but really just life in general and people so I I have a big appreciation for her and I was glad to get her on this episode Uh, so without further ado let's get into it. Welcome everyone to episode number 57 here on Proven Knowledge Podcast. This is the Creator Series. Today we have a really incredible singer-songwriter. She's an entrepreneur, businesswoman. Uh, Her name is Brianna McColl. How are you today? I'm fine. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Like I said, I'm glad to get you on the show here because me and you, we've been talking back and forth, I think, since January about. I remember discovering your EP at the top of the year, the one you dropped in November, uh, the Naked EP and everything, and I was just like... I was just hooked on what I heard from you, so I was just glad to be able to hear a bit of your story on this show. So basically, what I had the guests do to start out is just give a little bit of background as to how they got okay. started in music, um, you know, where you're from and everything, and just kind of the basic information for those that might not be familiar with you and your sound. Okay, well, my name is Brianna McCall, um, and I am a singer, songwriter, and musician from Houston, Texas. I'm 28 years old. Um, I've been doing music uh, pretty much all my life. I grew up in church. My father was a pastor. So music ministry is something that has always been, you know, at the forefront of my life and of my career. Mm -hmm. Um, I dropped my first album shortly after I graduated college. I uh, studied music at Texas Southern University. And so shortly after I graduated, I dropped my first EP, which was Metanoia. And uh, as of recent, uh, in January, actually, I dropped the Naked EP. So, yeah, um, hope I answered that for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's interesting because I did go back on, like, your older work, and I noticed it kind of has evolved a little bit from, like, the first EP yeah. to the second one. So what do you think was kind of the change from the first one to the second one? Was it just kind of trying new things out for you, or did you have a different direction? Like, how did that go? Yeah, um, 
Well, definitely trying new things out. I would say my first album that I recorded, I actually did that by myself um, at my old house that I stayed in when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And uh, so that was kind of a self-recorded project. I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, I worked with a couple engineers, but because of my ignorance, I really didn't know like how to communicate. Just the sound I was looking for, you know, as an artist, you really have to know, you know, what, what your sound is mm. when you're working in the studio with engineers, you know? Yeah. Um, so that was a, a lesson learned. I would say I got a little close to what I was looking for, Metanoia, but not mm. necessarily. Um, so yeah, I was able to grow a little bit more musically from that project to this project. And even when it comes to just my musician, my musicianship, my skills, you know, I've been in vocal training, uh, during that time period, I was just constantly writing. I was constantly sharpening my pen. I was constantly uh, doing my vocal warm-ups, just strengthening myself. I was getting myself comfortable, um, working in the studio more. Mm -hmm. I actually have an engineer, David Ruiz. Uh, he actually produced a lot on that project that project as well as engineered that. So, you know, we established our, relation, our relationship in the studio, just getting the feel for one another. So I was able to be more hands-on with the production of Naked. Um, and I will also say that I think just just as you go through life and as you go through your journey, your music kind of evolves mm -hmm. with you. So that's something that I've always have been big on is just being um, as vulnerable as I possibly can, you know, which is which is what Naked is about, but I'm sure we'll get into that. But yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's just the growth is the difference from that project to this project. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what it's all about, too. It's like, if you just continue to kind of put in the work, it'll evolve itself, you know what I mean? Like, because even like for me, like, I look at the stuff I did like five years ago, and it's so different from now, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, you evolve by yourself without even knowing it sometimes. It's just, when you continue to work, it's just exactly what will happen anyway. So that's pretty awesome. So as far as like the last year has went, we've gone through a lot in the last year, obviously with the pandemic and just a ton of crazy yeah. stuff going on. For you, how did you kind of get through the times that we're in now? And how have you kind of adjusted in any way? Is there anything you've had to overcome or has it been a lot of the same for you, you think? Um, there were definitely some things I had to overcome because mm -hmm. right before the pandemic hit, I had pretty much sold my car and my place of living and I was supposed to go live in LA mm. uh, just to further pursue my music career but literally around that time my flight was cancelled because of COVID and all of those things started happening so it was just a big eye opener for me because at the time I was just sold on just music 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 that's all I knew mm. and you know there are other things outside of music you know even as an independent uh, artist which you are now an independent business owner you have to know how to how to be well balanced when it comes to being in terms of supporting your career and doing all of those things. So when the pandemic uh, happened, it just was really like a strain on me financially, as well as you know, it just it's put a setback on all the things that I wanted to do, or at least that I thought I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. um, so. What I did was kind of went back to the drawing board. I really was able to pull together outside of music, my other uh, business entities, and really just pursue those things so that I could get the income up. And, you know, I just started learning about just a lot of things in terms of, like, being my own business owner, being my own artist, learning a little bit more about marketing. I just really had a hands-on 
opportunity to just sit and lock in rather than me sitting and thinking, oh man, I didn't make it to LA. I'm thinking, no. So how can, how can we get, get on social media? Like, how can we get more relevant? What can Mm -hmm. we do from, you know, being here? So I would say that I really evolved during that time. Um, Another thing that I did a lot was to keep my mind off of that was uh, I worked out a lot and I skated. So I'm a skater. I like to skate. So I picked up that skill around that time just to kind of, you know, keep my mind off of everything that was going on. So I would just go to the park and skate and just, you know, I was really able to live. Honestly, COVID, as crazy as it sounds, uh, COVID was a blessing for me. It was a big eye opener, too. Like, it just forced me to grow up mm-hmm. yeah that's mm-hmm. good that's good to hear though that you came out of it like with more of a positive like outlook on the whole situation and everything like you said you weren't able to travel the way you wanted to so you just kind of were stuck but you didn't let that stop you you know what i mean like you just kept yeah. going through that whole thing and yeah. i think like just having those extra hobbies and activities to free your mind sometimes is so important because it's like we are so focused on just grinding nonstop. It's like you need that time every once in a while to get away and just do something regular, you know what I mean? And not have to think about it. And like, whether that's just going out for a walk, like for me, I remember last year I would go on walks for like an hour or two hours and just go outside and just get some fresh air. Cause it was like, you're in the house all day. Like what else are you going to do? You know what I mean? So I think that's something that a lot of people overlook, but it's very, very vital sometimes. So as far as um, like your songwriting goes, for example, how I'm interested for you because you seem like you use a lot of melodic elements in your music and everything. So like, how does the songwriting process for you usually begin? Is there ever a set way how it starts? As far as like you need to hear the production first, or you have lyrics already to go, or like how does that work? You think? Uh, to be honest, it's a little bit of both. Everything is so unorthodox. It's funny because when I start writing music, um, nine times out of ten, like I'll write a poem and from years ago, and I'll just be in the studio and I'll go back and revisit. Like, hey, that poem would fit nice on here. How about I add some melodies to? It? So really, I write everything as poetry, mm-hmm. and then I turn that poetry like into just mel- I add the melodies, I add the harmony, and just really paint that picture but yeah you nine times out of ten it starts as poetry for me yeah have you ever thought about doing like spoken word or anything because i know like on the ep you had those skits that were kind of like that where you would just read like Mm -hmm. like a poem or something have you ever done anything Mm -hmm. like that like poetry club or something or not it's funny that you asked that because uh when i first started out like as an artist, I was a spoken word artist first. Yeah. So I would go to all the poetry slams, you know, on uh, campus. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I would participate in all of them. So I spoken word was my, my thing first. And I just kind of took it a step further when I w- was able to combine my musicianship with the poetry. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Because I remember listening to the EP and you had those little, I think there was like three of them or two of them in there. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's cool little like breaks in the middle of the music. Mm-hmm. So as far as like your influences go, like the people that inspired you growing up or maybe still inspire you today, who would those people be, you think? Um, I would say I didn't really get hit to like good music. I'm not going to say that. Let me not because my parents <laughs> would be bad if they heard me say that. So I grew up on gospel music. But of course, like I guess when it comes to the soul aspect of really feeling things, because I do mm-hmm. feel like music is a feeling and 
it's going to be hard for you to just produce the best work when you don't really feel what you're putting out. Yeah. So growing up in gospel, like listening to gospel music, if you listen to gospel music and inspiration, most people are singing so powerful because they actually feel what they're talking mm-hmm. about. So um, I would say that gospel played a big part in me growing up. I'm trying to think of my favorite gospel artists. I really don't have one. Um, I don't know. I just grew up on a, a little bit of everything. Like I'm, I'm old school. So mm-hmm. my dad listened to, aside from gospel, we listened to a lot of old school music. I would say one of my favorite vocalists, her name is Layla Hathaway, which is Donnie Hathaway's uh, daughter. Um, but yeah, I just grew up an old soul. Like uh, two of my favorite movies growing up, one was The Temptations, and the other is The Five Heartbeats, which are uh, which are two music groups. Um, that I just grew up listening to a lot. So I remember one day I was in Ross. Do y'all have a Ross out in Ohio? Not that I know of, no. Okay, so but. so Ross is kind of like a store where you just get good deals from, and they they have like popular products just at a cheaper price. So I was in Ross one time, and I think I was in like the seventh grade, and I was with my grandmother, and I seen this Temptations cassette. At the time, we had the CD players, you know, with the little, you put the CD in there, you close it. Mm. So uh, I seen the Temptations cassette, and I was just like, Granny, like, please, you have to give me this cassette. She was just tripping, because like, what do you know about the Temptations? That's from the 60s. Like, what are, why are you listening? I'm just like, it's good music. So I would say, like, groups like The Temptations really inspired me. The Osley Brothers, I grew up on the, I love the Osley Brothers. Mm. They're probably my favorite group of all time. Earth, Wind, and Fire. Just a lot of soul music is honestly what inspired me. Like, I love uh, Luther Vandross, Teddy Pendergrass, uh, New Edition. It's just so many people that I listen to. H-Town. Uh, just older, older groups. And then, so when I got into college, I kind of started listening to a little bit more of jazz. So as a, uh, with my pensmanship, I would say I started listening to a lot of Kendrick Lamar Mm. in college back in 2010, 2011. And it just really kind of opened me up to like, I just used to be amazed. Like, man, like how is he taking these words and he's putting them together. And so I just used to listen to that. And that that's really what kind of bridged the gap for me with learning poetry too, is listening to a lot of like Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole, Mm -hmm. and Big Crit, and then I got into, so that's like the hip-hop aspect, Uh, then I got into listening to jazz music, so there are artists like Robert Glasper, Mm -hmm. who is literally like one of my favorites, I grew up listening to, not grew up, in college, I started listening to a lot of jazz music, a lot of blues, just kind of, you know, trying to change my direction, and it got a little bit, a little bit deeper, I started listening to Catronada, just switching it up because I wanted to be as well versed as possible so if, even if you listen on my old project Metanoia you hear a little bit of the uh the EDM and you kind of get a sense of everything mm-hmm. so I, and then also classical music uh because I studied music in college we did a lot of classical music so I spent many of my years just singing classical and once I uh really stepped into like just who I was, I was able to take all of, just been expi- inspired mm-hmm. by all of those different genres and different artists and just able to like really find my own through being inspired by them. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was going to, I was going to mention uh, Robert Glasper to you because I was like, that's a Houston artist right there. Like she has to probably listen to him. And I know uh, yeah. one of my favorite Glasper songs is um, Cherish the Day with Layla Hathaway. 
everything. And Music yeah, Soul like, Child. Yep. Oh, I love that song. Yep. That's a great record. I love Music Soul Child yeah. as well. I definitely grew up on some Music Soul Child. But yeah, Cherish Today, that's, yeah. that's my joy. Love Jesus that. Children is one that uh, him and Layla Hathaway have together. I love it. I'm waiting on um, Black Radio 3 to come out because I guess Glasper's Man, putting what? that together. Because last year he put out the, uh, the song with her that won the Grammy. Uh, I forget what it was called. Mm-hmm. I love that song too. I already forget the name, but um, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's working on that album. It should be coming out like this year, I think. So I'm looking for. I'm very excited. I wasn't about really that. into jazz music until I got into like college and started listening to more music, and then I listened to like Ter- I listened to Terrace Martin a lot and Glasper and like um, God, who else? Um, oh, I forget. Kamazi Washington, you know him? I listened to him a little uh, bit. No. Yeah, he collabs with them a lot. Like, he plays saxophone okay. and a lot of other... Okay. You should look him up. I might send him to you. You might like his music, too. Yeah, please, so, please do. Put, yeah. put me on new music. <laughs> yeah, always. Um, so out of all those people that you named, are there any, like, dream collaborations? Obviously, you probably say all of them, but are there any, like, specific ones you could ever picture, like, maybe doing a song with if the opportunity came up? Um, I'd love to do a song with Big Crick. That's Southern, to like... Be that's southern, like yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think That'd that we would we would do a well mesh up, and like just because I think that people are my favorite artists and stuff doesn't mean that I necessarily hear myself working with them. Mm-hmm. But Big Crit is definitely somebody that I feel like we could mesh. Mm-hmm. So that would be interesting. So I feel like if you get and you Robert on the Glasper. hook, Robert Glasper as and well. Robert Glasper, Robert yeah. Glasper could we get Glasper produced, Brianna on the hook, Crit on the verses? It's perfect. There we go. That's match yeah. made in heaven right there. So mm-hmm. as far as, like, the people you've collaborated with, I know you mentioned a few people, like your engineer before and a lot of others mm-hmm. that you've worked with. Are there is there anyone that, like, has ever stood out to you that you just really have a vibe and a chemistry with that it's just very easy to get in and work with? Uh, I would definitely say uh, artist Buddy Rowe. You may have heard him on my project. But I think that he is a talented artist. Uh, we did a song called a lesion together and then a lot on his project we just i wrote a lot for him he wrote he actually helped me write ego on this album make it uh and like we're just all a big group like myself david ruiz which is my engineer and buddy bro and then we have like a little instrumental group called the realistics and uh so they kind of they, they did some like filling in on my album as well um, but I would say Buddy Rowe is one of the dopest artists that I work with that just stands out. And then there's a, another artist. Well, he's not on any of my music, but I'm definitely on his. His name is Mickey Woods. He's from uh, Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, I'm going to send you his link because I think that you would like his music. But like, those are two of the artists that I just really always wanted to work with. So I was able to. Another one is Q Guyton. He was on this song called Yanoya, and he was kind of singing a little bit. So I think that Q Q Guyton is a dope artist uh, as well, and that we we mesh very well in the studio. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm down to check them all out. So if you want to send me there any of their stuff, go ahead. I'll I sure will. listen for sure. Uh, so you mentioned earlier about you know your different like business ventures and everything. So I'm curious how that has really benefited your career as far as like like you said, knowing more entrepreneurship helps you in your music. So how for you have you kind of um, I guess taking your successes in that world and applied them to music or are beginning to apply them to that? Um, I would definitely say as far as being financially uh, literate, 
uh, which means having your paperwork together. Uh, I have a, a hair business. And so in that business, when the pandemic hit, I really had to learn how to, to get all of my, my uh, what is it, ducks in a row um, as far as paperwork. So when it comes to like just being established as an artist and carrying yourself as that, I just learned just how to, you know, to how to register myself. Um, again, I told you about, you know, just learning how to market because I have to market myself as a hairstylist as well in order to book clients. It's pretty much, I get all of my clientele through Instagram. So I kind of took the, the um, knowledge that I use to book in clients and kind of try to apply that to my music career as well. And then uh, I'm also a trader, uh, which is my, my newest venture that I'm, that I'm most just proud of mm-hmm. because it's something that I never pictured uh, picture myself doing. But so pretty much I, I trade, I do high frequency trading. And with doing that, I really just learned the importance of actually investing, right? Just, just making investments that are going to put you further. Um, so many times, like, and there are way more consumers in this world than investors, I will say. So, so many times, like we forget as artists that, that we are, we, we are the business. Mm-hmm. So we have to carry ourselves as such. So even in high frequency, I have to learn how to, to brand myself, even with just being an artist, uh, running my own hair business. Uh, my family and I run a restaurant, you know, we have three locations. So I'm doing that on weekends as well as being an artist. That's a lot. So I had mm-hmm. to learn how to just find that balance and still be able to put myself out there and, you know, and put artists at the forefront. But what I learned is that in order to do that, especially as an independent artist, no matter how you put it, unless you just really out there selling your soul and you, you know, you're not staying true to yourself mm. and you have a positive message, sometimes it's harder to get out there. So me sitting thinking, oh, L.A. is going to be my shot. I'm going to blow. It was just me being ignorant because that's not the reality of it. It mm. just doesn't work like that. So artists have to understand that you have to have other things coming in to be able to pursue that. Mm. I'm sorry. I'm not OK with just being the broke artist. And let's say I have kids and I tell my kids, well, I don't have nothing to give you because I was just focused on being an artist the whole time. Mm. Like, no, I'm a business. Therefore, I should learn how to be more business minded mm. and be able to spread those things out. And, you know, so I'm just able to take to pull and take from from each thing that I do and really create a balance between those things. Yeah. And I think that's super great, too, that you already have that in mind. Like you already know that that's like you said, the reality of the situation is like you want to be able to fund your music. So you do these other things to do it. So it's like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of artists, they just skip right to thinking that they can just have it all right away. And it's not not going to go through anything, but it's like you really, there has to be planning involved. There has to be an actual concrete, like step-by-step plan in order for things to work. I found that myself is like, before I was planning shit out, like nothing was really working that well for me. I had to sit down and be like, I'm going to schedule my weeks out. I'm going to schedule these things out. I have a job. I have to schedule and work around my job as well. So it's like everybody has a lot of different things going on. But it's like you just have to figure out what works for you, how you're going to yeah. make it work, and just do what you want to do at the end of the day. You can still do what you want to do. You just have to find the balance. You know what I mean? It's like, right. And just like you said, you got to be responsible with it. If you have people you got to take care of, you got to do that first. And the yeah. your music and your art can come second if it has to. Just work mm-hmm. harder, you know what I mean? Just put in the work where it needs to be put in that day or that week or whatever. 
but yeah. I think that's very important and something that a lot of people just tend to not really want to think about because it, you know what I mean? It's not always fun. Like that's just yeah. the fact no, of the matter. It's like entrepreneurship right. in general is just like sometimes for people that's not fun, but you got to figure out how to make it fun. You know what I mean? You got to figure out yeah. how to like, like I said, make it your own and build your own world up right. around yourself to succeed. So uh, right, and you're basically you're yeah. just like see, I think of it as I'm creating the ladder, mm-hmm. like, and I'm going up this ladder. So at whatever state I'm in, I know that I'm doing this because I want to get to that next step, mm-hmm. and then that next step, and then that next step. So when you think of it like that, you're able to express more gratitude for every step that you're at mm-hmm. because you understand that I have to. Maybe somebody worked at Walmart, but I understand I have to work at Walmart mm-hmm. to make ends meet, so I can't go home and record the music. And the music, I have to put that out. So, you know, it's just everything kind of, kind of, you know, works hand in hand. Yeah. But we also have to stay in the reality of it. You know, I had my heads in the clouds for so many years just thinking, oh, I'm going to blow up. I'm going to be a star. You know, just kind of just living my life through media. Mm-hmm. And, but I know, I know that just with the message that I'm pushing and the kind of music that I make, sometimes it's going to be a little harder you know, to get that exposure, but I can't sit around and wait on that to happen. Like I have things in my life that I have to make happen for myself mm. and for those around me. So I'm not going to allow that to just stop me. I'm going to, I'm going to go hard in whatever area I can. I'm not just an artist. Like I'm a businesswoman. Yeah. So that's where that like patience kicks in though. Cause you got to take it one day at a time. You can't get ahead of yourself. Yeah. You can't be thinking too far ahead. You just got to worry about now and that's how you'll yeah. find the real success. So that's super yeah. great. So I'm not sure like what type of like if you're working on a project right now or is there anything you can reveal that you have coming up that we can be on the lookout for? Uh, I actually have some music and it's crazy because I kind of after each project, I always just take a step back and allow myself to breathe Mm -hmm. and kind of go go through things again, because that's pretty much what happened to me when I had that gap from metanoia to naked. I had to go through things to allow myself to write and to open up more. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of just at that going through, you know, phase, but I do have music recorded that I hadn't put out yet. It's more so of uh, me tapping into just into kind of a different genre. It's more so jazz based, uh, which is I always wanted to branch out into making jazz music because mm-hmm. I never felt like, you know, R&B alone is my lane. I feel like I have more to offer, you know, not talking down on R&B, but there's just levels to music. Mm -hmm. I feel like as you grow, so, so should, you know, you should expand your horizon, right? And tap into Mm -hmm. other things. So I do have like a a jazz field, neo soul uh, type of uh, project that I want to release. I I can't put a date on it really because I'm just trying to, trying to mesh everything and bring the sounds together. So, you know, I don't have a date. But I can say that I'm just taking it one day at a time and allowing myself to really go through this journey because I don't want to cheat. One thing I don't want to do is like just cheat myself as an artist or cheat anybody from an experience because mm-hmm. I was rushing it. So now I'm just I'm just chilling, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you mentioned that jazz element, I might have to hit you about a project that I'll be working on soon because I'm trying to do a similar thing with the album that I have in mind. But it's going to be a while. Yeah. So, But I'll keep you in okay. mind for that for sure. That's okay. interesting. Um, so if you could go back 10 years ago, maybe give yourself a piece of advice or maybe not change anything at all. What do you think you would do? I would just tell myself to honestly just believe in myself. Like just, I know it sounds so cliche, but 
literally people really aren't where they want to be or they aren't doing the things that they want to do in life but they haven't started or they're living in fear is because of their lack of belief mm -hmm. right but it, if you understand like who you are i'm a spiritual woman so i believe that you know god created everything on this earth he created us we he created created us in his own image therefore if he's powerful then we are powerful too because he resides in us mm -hmm. so i think that if people really tap into to who they are and how much power they truly hold and they will understand that anything is attainable but for so long i had i, I was you know kind of i was governed by my fear and so i would live in fear a lot like it it really took me a long time to even start liking my voice because mm. for so long i would sit up and compare mine to other people oh i'm not doing i don't know how to do riffs and runs like that person i don't know how to growl like that person i don't know how to rather than just well what about like what do you have like what listen to yourself and what you have and like mold that into something and learn to appreciate that mm -hmm. so i feel like if 10 years ago i would have went back and just told myself to literally just believe believe in yourself and anything you want to accomplish like I, i'm 28 right now i don't care if i learned i learned how to uh be a mad teacher tomorrow i'm gonna go hard and i'm gonna tell myself yeah i can do it because i know that i can like mm -hmm. anything is attainable if you if you just start believing in your abilities you know mm -hmm. exactly i so. feel like i feel like sometimes people can't get out of their own way with that you know what i mean it's like mm -hmm. they try and look at other people as like what's stopping them is like this person this person but it also starts with themselves and they can't see past their own like clouded mind you know what i mean as far as like they're just I don't, I don't know it's kind of hard to describe because i've seen so many people in my life that have that same attitude it's just like they don't understand that it's as simple as just a mindset shift to make yeah. a lot of things go away and just make a lot of things a lot easier for them so definitely something yeah. that i think a lot of people need to hear so 10 years from now where do you think you see yourself in your life in your business in your career um you said 10 years from now yeah Let's see. Honestly, I don't know, but I will say I see myself retired. I told myself that I would retire at 33, so I'm putting that out into the universe. I want to be retired by 33 and just able to really live my life. Um, honestly, I just see myself being financially free. I see myself. I do want kids, so I'm big on, like, I want children, you know. Um, I just see myself just, just in, a, in a much better place. Uh, I want land. That's pretty much, like, my end my end all i want land uh with a nice house on the lake so i can pass that to my kids if my my um businesses to be in place where i just pass that along to them mm -hmm. and uh honestly yeah i'm looking to accomplish that in less than 10 years mm -hmm. you know so yeah. 10 years i just want to be back chilling <laughs> chilling and making music you know just because i simply enjoy it not yeah. because oh this has to be a job or you know just doing what i want to do yeah that's the ultimate goal right there i mean how could you argue with that you know what i mean that's awesome yeah. so do you have any final words of wisdom today for the listeners um any final words of wisdom generational wealth <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, that's something that i'm big on like i'm i don't know like I, I feel like i've had a paradigm shift um because we're so especially in in this superficial world we're so used to like living for ourselves. You know, we go out and we buy these fancy things. We buy cars, we buy watches, we buy clothes, we buy shoes, we buy all these things that don't appreciate. 
and we're literally only thinking about ourselves in this moment mm. but you know as i as i look around like i'm not comfortable with seeing my mom work like i'm not comfortable with seeing my father work you know and they're in their 50s and 60s and i'm just not comfortable seeing any of my people like just have to struggle for a penny so i'm big mm. on on generational wealth why because of the impact that you may have like you never know like what move you make might change the lives of somebody around you so i feel like if you're not if you're not working for generational welfare if you're not even if maybe you don't want to have kids whatever if you're not working towards something you don't have no impact you really don't have no purpose like it's like uh nipsey hustle says find your purpose or you're wasting air you know mm-hmm. i feel like everyone's purpose if i if i can just stretch for it is to have some type of impact in some type of way right because when you're alive people aren't really going to appreciate you like not not how they will when you die mm. so when you die and i know it's a hard thought but think about what you would want somebody to say once you're gone like would you want them to say oh that person was all, always me they um, they was doing this they had the shoes they and everything sounds so oh so they were just about themselves mm. rather than that person he touched so many lives like look at the impact that nipsey hustle had when he passed away you know he touched so many lives and changed so many people's situation so i would just tell anybody that's listening is to think about your impact you know think about your impact and look into building generational wealth for for those around you you know Mm -hmm. so i love it absolutely love it and brianna that's all i have for you today like i said i appreciate you you know being able to be on the show today and everything and hopefully i'll make it down to hopefully i'll make it down to texas soon we can maybe do one of these in person uh, we'll see what oh, yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah, You're going to have to come to Texas. Yeah. I might come to Ohio. Who knows? Yeah, well, you know, if the weather ever gets better, but, you know, it never really yeah. does up here, so who knows. But I wish yeah. you luck on, you know, all your music, all your business ventures. Congrats on how trading's going. I see it's going very good for you, so I wish you luck in everything you. you got going. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. You have a blessed day. Thanks, guys, for listening today. That was episode number 57. We'll be back this time next week. Uh, We're halfway through the year. I just want to thank everyone that's been, you know, listening week in and week out to all the guests. And I'm looking forward to a great, you know, second half of 2021. I'm going to get a lot more great guests coming up. And obviously, as always, hit the support button on your podcast streaming platform if you want to send any funds. We'll see you then. Thank you very much.